and games help us develop habits that cultivate happiness. On this episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersection of board games, spirituality, and faith. My name is Daniel Hilty. And my name is Kevin Taylor. And we are so happy to welcome you to this uh, time together. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, spending part of your day with us today. Tuning in. There's a dated phrase. Oh, I know. I know. Does anyone tune in anymore? Uh, Yeah, I guess that was radio. I guess if we're if we're like the podcast is like on a CB or something, we could (laughs) we could tune in. A CB based podcast. That's our niche, Kevin. That is our niche. I I love it. And we could begin every episode by saying breaker breaker. We could. It would just be a mobile. It'd be a live uh, YouTube stream something breaker breaker i don't know <laughs> breaking Why they say breaker breaker i don't breaker, know breaker uh, but then i we i would i would i would feel compelled to refer to you as my good buddy which which you that's are right. anyway that's right but plus we can make money we could be each other's good buddies we could we could just deliver product board games that's true that's true yeah and, and a rig f- and, f- and faith yeah and a rig <laughs> A board game faith rig. That'd be awesome. I'm down for it. After right. we get the board game faith like helicopter, the board game faith semi is next. That's that's awesome. Uh, fleet. <laughs> but today fleet. our discussion is going to be guided by um, part two of our look at a book, Reality is Broken by Jane McGonigal. We're going to be looking at chapters 10 and 13. Um, and um, the subtitle of her book is Why Games Make Us Better and how they can change the world. But if you've listened to this podcast before, you are aware already that this is a clap on technology activated podcast. We really can't get started until we clap. And so um, we're going to play a little game to get us started. Kevin, you know, it's our it's our tried and true favorite here. We're going to be doing an improv skit that smushes together some sort mm-hmm. of movie scenario, book scenario, some scene and a randomly picked game from uh, the top 200 games are Board Game Geek, which is an online board game resource. And Kevin and I have touched bases already. Our, our scenario today is we are castaways on a deserted island. And the game... I know this feeling. I know this feeling. Selected. It's all I've felt for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> on a deserted island castaway. Exactly. Island. exactly. <laughs> um, we're just channel the last the last however many years um, yes. and the the game randomly selected is possibly the I, I would say probably is the oldest game on board game geek which is the game of go number 190 on board game geek um ancient game of go um um created thousands of years ago a couple thousand years ago in china have you ever played hmm. go kevin I've never played a real game. I tried to learn the rules and I got an app on the phone to teach me and I've heard a lot about it, but I still, it's supposed to only have like three rules, but I still don't understand them. I I don't know. There's something, (laughs) it's supposed to be very intuitive and I just, just, yeah, it's strange, but it's supposed to be awesome. And I watched the documentary. Did you see that about the AI attempt to have an AI play go? Yes, I did. I it was did. on Netflix or something. And, won, and it right? was really interesting. I think. Yeah, yeah. So in the end they did, but it took a while for a computer to learn to play yeah. Go. Yeah. I've had a similar experience. I, I, I downloaded it on the app because I've heard so much about it. And I, and for some reason, even though it was supposed to be so simple, I really found it hard to wrap my head around but the idea is somehow it's a two-player game. There are black and white stones, and you're trying to um, um, surround the other player's mm-hmm. stone somehow to like eliminate them. Something, and like then that, it's your right? points or something. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. You know, a future topic actually, and I, I think we've mentioned on this in past episodes that Go was actually encouraged for its, its spiritual benefits. What? Um, um, I saw it's a military strategy thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it was also there was kind of a school of Buddhist thought around Go. It was seen as kind of a spiritual meditation as well. Um, so anyway, that, it's I, like I, they wanted to be on our podcast, but um, they, it's too they, ancient. They're they, already they're already passed on. But we need to. We need to. We had a time travel machine. We would definitely interview those 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 dudes after the board game faith helicopter and rig we get a board game faith time travel machine science it it would be great it would be bigger on the inside than on the outside i love it all right so shall we begin yes we shall begin all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna um all right here we go so this is a a um a castaway we're castaways on a desert island and we're playing go and we have to culminate in a clap ready hang on wait Sound, sound. Do we have a sound effect? Did it not work? I didn't hear it. Oh, I hate everything. I could begin us with a bell. Oh, that was preview. Oh, why do you do that? Uh, We've got this button, but if you're not paying attention, it's on the preview setting. Okay. Should we try it again? Sweet. Begin. three-hour tour i've ever been on ah, I, um, this this boat ride is going to take a lot longer than three hours now they're on this. has anybody has anybody ever did anybody google the history of the ss minnow has this boat had trouble before this is awful i i know we in the scuba lesson the guy was really i mean they didn't give me a tank they just sort of pushed me off the boat and i mean they gave me no oxygen tank and i sunk it was very <sighs> disturbing <laughs> And then they I left. Know, and I saw you there, and I reached out to you, and I went down too. <laughs> so we were both at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> thank God for the jet Still stream. Still trying to get the water out. <laughs> but now, thankfully, we crawled out on this on this on this desert island. Um, by the way, um, my name is Daniel. It's nice to meet you, my fellow castaway. My name is Lucius. Lucius, Lucius. It's very nice to. To, to meet you and I guess I guess we're stuck here on this this uh, this deserted island thanks to the yes. SS Minnow sinking and I see no meat supplies so we're gonna have to eat someone uh oh um, I don't know I don't know well let's take a look around let's, let's take a look I don't know okay. how to fairly decide who will be eaten on this well, deserted oh, island oh, oh look over there I see a um, uh, a hot dog stand <laughs> I think we're saved from needing to eat each other. And I'm not eating named, those hot dogs. It's, uh, it's staffed by seagulls, I think. So yeah. it's still yeah. deserted, but but the uh, but the birds Without refrigeration, I'm not eating that. <laughs> uh, no, so we need a plan. We need a plan, we need Lucius. A plan. We need a plan. Um, so first of all, um, um, shelter, shelter, um, survival, um, like 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 food, entertainment. Water and, and entertainment. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. right. So shelter, um, I'd say we uh, uh, we use these giant palm fronds over here. Okay. Um, and we construct a um, um, like a Lucius immediately builds a little hut with them. I like it and starts a nice fire. Which then ignites the palm fronds. Oh, no. Put it out. Put it out. Um, Oh, dear. (laughs) um, So we got got shelter. Um, Now, uh, food. There's the seagull-owned non-refrigerated hot dog stand over there. So we're good good for that as well. I'm not eating that. (laughs) We could go fishing. We could go fishing. We can go fishing. Good. But for entertainment... What can we do? All I see scattered about are these um, papaya seeds that, um, well, you strangely, know, some of them are white and some of them are black. It's interesting. It, I, I, there's the game Robinson Crusoe, and I would normally bring a <laughs> copy with me in case I'm bored, but uh, I, could, I thought I had an oxygen tank, so I didn't use my waterproof Robinson Crusoe board game pack. This year would be handy now. Perhaps handy. we could play a different kind of game. Yeah. What? Um, what if we? What if we? Could build like, snow forts. 
we could we could build snow forts, but is there snow? There's our that's no, a water uh, issue. Yeah, no, I think no. we may be here a while. Okay, <laughs> we could build. We could wait for it to get to winter on this tropical island. Um, and if a polar bear shows up, we could eat it <laughs> and use it for warmth. We I thought could... they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> um. How about we draw a grid here in the sand? We could draw a okay. grid in the sand. Uh, that's <laughs> close to the tide. Not real good. Oh, too Daniel. close. Oh, there it's gone already. It's gone already. We'll, we'll move it further inland. Very good. And and, um, and what if we positioned these? Uh, and these while we're seeds? digging, I found a beacon here buried in the sand. Well, that's worthless. Lucius <laughs> tosses it in the ocean. I have no time for beacons. We're about to play a game. Exactly. That's right. What's this craft doing? <laughs> Flare gun, toss it Flare aside. Gun, toss it. This doesn't get me any further to playing this game. So what if you took some of these these black papaya seeds, and I'll take okay. some of the white papaya seeds. By the way, I don't know why they're different colored, but lucky for us. And uh, one kind is poisoned, but we're not sure which one. <laughs> and if we eat them, then we can't play the game. Correct. Um, and whoever um, loses has to eat them to figure out which one is poisoned. I like it. I like it. Good. All right. So, um, how about uh, you know, I obviously, Lucius, you are a far more noble person than I. I can tell it just by talking to you. So, how about if you go first? My family and, goes uh, back generations. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I love it. My family does not go back <laughs> Let's generations. Let's go back from Jimmy. <laughs> My family just, just started. crawled out of the mud. Um, about, I think it was last Tuesday. It was and, um, it's been a bummer of a life because I crawled out of the mud last Tuesday and now I'm on a deserted island. <laughs> I had all these high hopes for what was going to come next. Um, so... How about you place your seat first on one of the intersections okay. uh, uh, on this grid, and then I'll place a seat, and maybe we can see who can surround the uh, uh, the other person first. And as like, I place it, I hear a weird clicking sound from deep below in the island. Click. Did you hear that? I did hear that. What is that? I don't know. But there was that TV show Lost. Maybe this island isn't lost. everything that it appears to be. Wait, 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 wait. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? 23, 17, 9, No, I don't hear that. That's just you. 11, 23. There's this repeating number sequence. It's in my head. It's it's your watch. It's It's your watch. watch. Oh, you're right. I had it on, I had it on talk mode. Sorry, I'll turn it, I'll turn it back off there. Yeah, it was just. 11 p.m. That would have been um, cool if it was real, though. Well, why don't you take a turn? Okay, okay. I'm going to put my black papaya seed. Uh, I'm going to put it here next to you. Sound of gears rumbling beneath the island. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Wait, wait. Do you see that? Did that sand, that sand rumble over there? I think it's like it's like something is opening up underneath it. I think so. I think so. Place another seed. See what happens. A seed. Cling dong. <laughs> Cling dong. <laughs> Little top of a cathedral starts to appear beneath the sand. <laughs> and it's got a really wimpy bell on top. I, we, we've unearthed the um, ancient cathedral of um, San, San, San Sebastian, the eternal married virgin. I like it. I like it. <laughs> There's a little um, monk hanging there. He's very muddy and happy. He's sticking to the side. So we don't have to eat each other because look, the, the, the sanctuary is is. We can eat with, the monk. They're having a potluck dinner. Oh my gosh! An underground it's the third potluck sacrament dinner. of the Methodist Church. It's 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 awesome. So every or 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 carrion dinner is it's some I think known around carrion. parts of the world. <laughs> or, so we're going to eat. Um, well, we'll have to bring. What are we going to bring to the potluck? A chicken casserole, which I happen um, to have here in my back pocket. I forgot <laughs> I had along. So, and it's so warm. It's a little, it's a little wet, salt waterlogged. Waterish. It's a little but, muddy. From the let me just let me just, let me just uh, rinse it out here. Just kind of squeeze it a little bit. Okay, there. It's good. It's good. Okay. All right. right so yeah. now we're good. We don't have to eat each other, Yay. Kevin. We're so happy. I think maybe we should applaud. Yay! Yay! One, two, three. 
it got uh, real weird real quick. <laughs> that was that was great. That was great. We didn't get to play go very much, though, did we? But well, as we said, gets... neither of us really knows how. No, no. There's probably a go master. Well, let's be honest. There's probably no go master listening to this podcast. But if there is a go master somewhere in, in the world who happens to hear this podcast, they're probably they're highly disappointed. Shocked. They're absolutely yeah. shocked. And we should ask their forgiveness for yes. besmirching the noble game of Go. Um, yes. So, well, anyway, Kevin, it's good to see you. How are you good doing? Good to see you. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Um, good, good, good. Yeah. I felt w- w- slept. Actually, yesterday, I played racquetball for the first time in many, many years. Oh, that's awesome. And so I slept really hard because I was so sore. So when I oh. woke up, I felt as if. I don't know. It's like I couldn't I couldn't move all night because I was so sore. So when I woke oh, yeah, up, yeah. it was like reactivating. So it was kind of cool. That's, a, that's, that's an intense sport. So are you feeling better this morning? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'll be fine. I'm just grumbling, just old. You know, we, we started playing racquetball a little bit a few years ago, um, but our son has really taken to it and in college oh. he just plays it all the time he, he the his college has a racquetball court and um that's awesome because i thought it was a club i thought it was a dated sport like it's kind of on the way out so that's <laughs> cool that it's awesome i had it at wake forest university where we met and i had it as my health class i got to be in it but i took the racquetball class that's awesome that's well, awesome. I'm not very good at it but it was fun yeah, have you ever gotten like really beamed by a ball, like in, in the racquetball, like it just really came off the wall and not in a really way I remember, you? but it could have been the injury erased itself because mm-hmm. it beamed me so hard. I don't have mem- memories of it. No, not, I don't think so. I'm mostly worried about running into the other person or the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some very interesting moments where you're you know, you're trying to keep the eye on the ball on the ball, but you've also got to judge where you are in relation to the walls and where you're going to hit it. So it, right. it, as course as I thought about it later, because I'm a nerd and I'm thinking about it, like most games, say tennis or basketball, you keep your eye on the ball, but racquetball right. you really right. can't. Yeah, because you've yeah. got to be aware of walls and the other person and just sort of calculating. Sort of like playing pool or billiards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're having yeah, to look, I, or you're, you're you're turning around because you're trying to get the ball turned back to that wall. Right. So it's very surreal moment. Or into the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in tennis, I mean, you can run, you can run to hit it, and I guess you are having to calculate where the net is, but you don't have to worry about running into the wall. Yeah, yeah. My favorite thing about racquetball, and I mean you probably know this about me already is, you know, I mean, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm not very coordinated. I don't have a good sense of self on the space time continuum. And I just, I'm very <laughs> awkward and clumsy. What I love about racquetball is there's no out of bounds. And I love yeah. that because like every other sport I hit a ball, there's like a 50% chance it's going to go out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it never goes, there's no out of bounds. So I love, I love that about racquetball. Mm-hmm. It's good for those of us who tend to propel balls out of bounds frequently. <laughs> so yeah, you can just yeah. get it to the wall and let it hit the that's ground. Right. You're good. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm yeah. Glad you got to play. Me too. Me too. Um, cool. Cool. Well, shall we start uh, off with a a uh, opening? Our I love our podcast. Yeah, I love our podcast. That in order to begin, we have to begin, but we already began. So now we start <laughs> beginning again. It's like three begins. <laughs> Who begat? It's very biblical. Who begat? Shall it begat? Is. Begat, it is. begat. It's, We've already begat episode it's like a very tedious uh podcast genealogy it is <laughs> this and this beginning begat that beginning this episode is sponsored by the book of numbers from Methuselah the bible was, yeah yeah <laughs> i like it well in the third generation of the beginning of this episode um uh-huh. let's open up our uh, our newsletter mailbag um we have a newsletter here board game faith and if you're interested in subscribing, we'd love to have you join us. It, it, it happens every other week. It, it, it um, alternates with the podcast episode being dropped, as the cool folks say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we try to highlight um, a, a newsletter subscriber. You can subscribe, by the way, go, by going to our link tree. And this week, we're highlighting Keith. So, Keith, we appreciate you listening so much. Keith um, is, in, uh, is in Missouri. Woo, for Missouri. I, I'm, in, I'm in Missouri as well. Home stater. Um, 
What's that? Home stater from home, home state. Stater, home your stater. home state. We asked what Keith, what do you do? He says he's a pastor. So I got to be full, full disclosure. I know Keith, but I'm really grateful mm-hmm. he listens. So he, he also That's is awesome. a pastor in Missouri as I am. Um, we say what game we ask, what game are you into? He says right now he's into civilization, the PC game, mm-hmm. um, which I've never played. Have you played that? Kevin? No, I might've tried it 20, 30 years ago, right? Or some version. I, I get kind of the vague idea. And yeah, there is a yeah. board game version of it that's supposed to be pretty good, right? Yeah, and Sid it's Meyer's Sid Meier's too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Keith, if you've never tried it, I guess there's a board game version out there too. But it's awesome we're playing it on the PC. We ask our our, our, uh, our subscribers, what are you awesome at? Uh, Keith says, he's awesome at baking, and I will uh, attest to that. I've had some of Keith's baking. It's really good. And trying <laughs> new things. And then what we sort just of say, baking? Like breads? Pizzas? I think, I, think, I think it was bread is what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, bread's hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith's a very talented, a multi-talented guy. He's kind of a mm-hmm. renaissance person, which is mm. awesome. And then finally we asked, why do you listen to Board Game Faith? Um, and Keith said there was, there actually was a time when Keith and I was work, were working together at a church. And uh, and he, we had a board game group at the time. And he, he says that, you know, he saw how the board game group helped to build connection um, across generations at the church. And uh, he talks about how it's it's really hard for uh, churches, but I might say any other kind of place of worship, you know, um, synagogues or mosques or temples, uh, mm-hmm. to build community, especially folks who are who are younger with folks who are older, and um, and he saw that games were uh, really good at doing that and turning mm. that around. So that's why he's listening to Board Game Faith. So Keith, thank that's you so great. much for listening. We're really yes, grateful. Thank you, thank yeah, you. yeah. And we invite Keith's others to subscribe and fill that little questionnaire out. And Daniel, full disclosure, we, with that data, we do what? We sell it to Google or Facebook or we, we, we monetize we do, it somehow? We do sell it to Google, yeah. And yes. then we use the, gar- the dark web to um, uh, to find out your credit card numbers. Yes, we uh, DNA sequenced you already, Keith. So we do, you need to a, have that mole looked at. I just want you to know that. There's an evil doppelganger of Keith coming about right now. Who <laughs> <laughs> only serves board game he, faith. He's the golem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See the door behind Daniel? That's for the other Keith. Is. <laughs> no, all of that's just to say this. We yeah. just... We want to hear about you. We do nothing with it beyond just just share some interesting bits to create community. That's all we're doing. So I know but, in this day and age, you have yes. to think about, well, you know, who's asking and what are you going to do with it? But we do nothing. So That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Obviously, everything we just said was a joke, but we, we, yes. um, it would be uh, yeah, awesome. it, uh, you know, it's not, it's maybe not a great marketing or financial strategy, but yeah, we're not <laughs> looking to do anything with it. We just, we just think mm-hmm. you all are awesome. And we just want to get to know you more about you, um, right? Because you get we're so grateful that you tune in and you get to hear about us. There's that tune in word again. But we just want to get to tune know in. about you too, because we really like board game faith to be a community. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time we hear from our listeners or our readers, it just makes our day. It's a joy. And we've and Kevin, I know you and I have really gotten to learn some really great ideas and insights from our, yes. our listeners yes. and readers who share things. So yes, yeah. So speaking of great ideas and insights, there are a lot of them in this uh, in chapter 10 and 13 of this book that we are considering. Reality is Broken, Why Games Make Us Better and How They Can Change the World. And speaking of great ideas and insights, there are a lot of them in uh, the book Reality is Broken uh, by Jane McGonigal with the subtitle Why Games Make Us Better and How They Can Change the World. And we're looking at chapters 10 and 13 today. The first chapter, uh, chapter 10, um, is all about how games help us develop habits that encourage happiness, how games can help us develop habits that encourage happiness. And My favorite Kevin, chapter that I've read, um, and I have right? to admit, what, I've not read like everything it? here. I, it just felt um, what's well, new and fresh, and I never thought about this, but she's right. Most self-help, self-help books, part of our argument is self-help books don't really help because we as human beings don't change when we're alone, when we're solitary. Mm -hmm. We need Mm -hmm. other people and we need it a little more interesting than simply, Mm -hmm. you know, I should life hack something. So Mm -hmm. uh, it just seemed like a real contribution to the area to think about how can games encourage human happiness 
in a way that right. that maybe reading a book by yourself and thinking, yeah, I should, I should lose some weight. I mean, that that just ends up making you feel bad. But that a lot of those habits habits that encourage happiness involve community involved community or something just gamified like like there's this gets back to her first second chapter that we need feedback we need room to fail right right. i'll give you a real life example i like many people struggle with sleep and one of the Mm -hmm. worst things you can tell someone is that well you should get eight hours of sleep because the minute you tell them that and they don't they're like oh gosh I'm going to have a bad day. I didn't get eight hours of sleep. Well, guess what? People vary all the time and you may just wake up early one day and instead of thinking, well, now this day's ruined because I only got six hours of sleep. You know, it's like, it's such an arbitrary thing. Yeah. Yeah. So telling someone that is just not very helpful, but thinking of ways to socialize or gamify Mm -hmm. ways to make us happier is just, it just works for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? That's a great, that's a great insight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, sleep's a great example of that too. I, I've sidebar related to our, to our topic. uh, I have found one thing that tells me to go to sleep if I have trouble. If it's a day when I've learned a new game, to try to review the instruction manual in my head as I'm going to bed. <laughs> really? And it kind of helps me drift off to sleep now, when I try to, try to reconstruct the rules. Now, so, that is interesting. And, so but, my issue is when I learn a new game and I'm excited about it, I will dream about it. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Because it's, I think it's, it's so much in my front-loaded RAM brain, yeah, whatever, yeah, that yeah. then it, it's like I'll wake up having dream that I was trying to play it or something. So it more haunts me and, and it's not always a fun thing Yeah, because yeah. like in the game, I'm trying to finish the game, but I can't finish the game or, you know, it's this weird dream moments. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. reviewing the rules you find, um, helps you detach from it does. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I think it's just a, probably a matter of how a person's brain is wired. I, I also I think could so. see how that would be kind of overly stimulating for other people too. So I think that, just, that is, that's the weird. And even when I get a game, I can get a little anxious just cause I feel like I've got to master this thing. Mm, so it mm. is kind of a brain wiring. Like it's stupid. It's just a game. Like, don't worry about it, but it's like, I've got to fix it. Somehow. Yeah. 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 And that's just a wiring fault somewhere. Well, oh, no, um, not necessarily a fault. Or something. It's well, just, I mean, just well, difference. in the sense that yeah. I don't think it's, it's not healthy or helpful. It may be, I just have to deal with it, but like, it should be fun. Like, why is part of me trying to defeat the fun of this game by thinking, you know, I better check page 10 again. So I do think that's a bit of a fault because it's not a healthy thing, but, um, yeah, I guess it's just how I attack stuff. But yeah, the larger point of, of sometimes self-help, which is you should get more sleep really isn't going to help someone who's like, I'm worried I'm not getting enough sleep. Well, if you tell them to get more sleep, now they go to bed early and then they just lay there. (laughs) Yeah, 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 so the easiest thing is really to try to not get sleep is the way good about sleep. Like the harder you try, sleep's not about trying. Yeah. You can't try to sleep. So. No, yeah. The more you will yourself to sleep, the more it's not going to work. Yeah, it's not an act of will, correct? And people, well, some people don't have any issues, so they don't get that at all. And everybody yeah. has a bad night to sleep, and you know what? You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. It might absolutely. suck a little bit, but you'll be fine. Yeah, it's it, not the it, end of the world. Yeah, I think that's it's the main not, thing. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love that idea of life hacks and and yeah. making change pleasant. Yeah. yeah, and and what I what I really appreciate about her work in this chapter is that, you know, she approaches it um, from the perspective of different studies that have been done, different kind of research projects have been, which isn't necessarily something we talk a lot about on this podcast, you know, different kind of mm-hmm. um, uh, scientific studies or, or approaches. And, you know, and, and she begins the chapter by kind of talking about some of the findings of what she calls positive psychology, you know, the, the, the things that we do that contribute to um, um, the nurturing of happiness in our lives. And, um, you know, she talks about What a about great these, topic. Yeah, yeah, these three things that she says, you know, and there are others out too, I'm sure, but she identifies three things, I guess, that have, have some, some evidence, some data behind them that help to nurture a sense of happiness in people. Um, practicing random acts of kindness, thinking about death for five minutes a day, and dancing, <laughs> dancing more. And those three things are awesome. You know, I, I, I love that. I love that. So, um, yeah, and then she talks about how she's designed these games that, you know, they're, they're not... 
they're, they're games you live out in the real world. You know, they're not around a table or necessarily around a screen either because she writes primarily about video games. But these mm-hmm. games, they live out in kind of the real world. The three games that she's designed that specifically are geared toward helping us get in the habit of these three things. Mm-hmm. Uh, showing random acts of kindness, thinking about death briefly, and dancing more. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any, any... And I thought the games were really interesting that she talked about it. Did you have any... They were, no. The Cruel to be Kind, which is her... It's kind of like a variation of a secret assassin type game, like a game that you play socially yeah, with yeah. other... But you don't know who's playing and who's not. But instead of the violent killing or mafia, you're 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 doing random acts of kindness. Oh, that was awesome. And to yeah, be honest, yeah. I think I'm going to try to approach our Parks and Rec in Albemarle. We just started a social district uh-huh. uh, it, because Albemarle's got some new restaurants coming because Charlotte's kind of moving in. I want to see if I could pull this off as a city. I'm going to try it. She's inspired That's me. I, you know, I think we get enough people on a Friday night to do this. I just think that would be awesome. And everyone's going to love it. Once they understand what it is, local paper, like there's no loss here except for just planning it. Yeah. If that happens, tell us about it, please. And if we will, as a guest, we can talk to you about it. I'm on a live stream. Yeah. So I loved that one. And then the tombstone one was so strange, but she's so right. um, (sighs) Wasn't that great? It was. Yeah. And, And she managed to make the ancient philosophers who talked about you know, philosophy is the practice of death. They made it sound more, I don't know, less creepy and more real that, that yeah, we do yeah. die. And yeah. we're so distanced from that because of funeral homes and modern practices. And we don't want to talk about these things. But the weird bit is, as she says, graveyards want people, people that own graveyards want you to visit them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise they're abandoned and we should care for the dead. Uh, You get the Mexican Day of the Dead and that sort of idea of connecting with the past. And and graveyards are just places of memorial and those are nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with going and learning about people and reading the tombstones. And and like here, seeing the older ones where there's so many infant graves and you realize how many children used to die. Yeah, of diseases, yeah, yeah. just yeah. yeah, just for our it's, listeners, it's, maybe who right. haven't read who haven't read the book, um, the, this, uh, the game that she designed to get us to think about death it was called um, Tombstone Hold'em, and yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's basically a very physical playing of poker in a cemetery, a grave, a, 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 a graveyard, like like Kevin was saying that, mm-hmm. um, and the cards were the tombstones, and mm-hmm. the shape of the tombstone determined its suit. And the, the dates on the tombstone uh, determined its value. And and you had a partner and you had to physically touch your partner and two tombstones to make kind of what you're playing in this game of a Texas Hold'em, but it's 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 but it's play with tombstones. And so it was this kind of fun way, but you're in the presence of death, you're thinking about death. Um and, and you're uh, noticing names yeah, and so dates, it was, it was, so you're connecting yeah. with people that yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is. And you know what? I forgot about this, but in my Sunday school class as a high schooler way back at Love's United Methodist Church, one of our teachers, if it's either Sunday school or youth group, he had us go out in the graveyard and sit out there and have a lesson out there. And I don't think it was related That's to awesome. death, but it was a similar idea of being comfortable in a graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not but, haunted. There's there's nothing going to happen to you. And, and we should remember the dead I, or, I or be interested in them. You know, even if you don't know them, you can look at the tombstones and the dates and the, the art and the designs and the, the quotes. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the, the nice bit of the church being the church, like somebody did that. Yeah, I think. And I don't, I don't want to, I want to, don't want to delve off too much into a theological subject here, but mm-hmm. um, you, you know, there, there's some theological traditions um, that talk about, you know, very much go into kind of death as the enemy, and in some ways, you know, I understand that. You know, we talk about, um, you know, that hope at the end of time when death is no more and all of that, but I think maybe one unintended, unhelpful consequence of that sometimes I think that this theological emphasis on death as the enemy is um just this this um this avoidance of talking about death at all costs you know versus 
or considering death at all costs versus seeing death as, as you're saying, Kevin, I mean, it's kind of a, a part of the world we live in, a part of this life that we live in. Um, I'm comfortable saying even, you know, kind of a natural part of life. I, I think there are some theological circles that would not say that. But um, <laughs> I, I think you're right. I, I think it, it, it causes us, I think it helps us to live a life with less anxiety and fear if we uh, approach the death that way. And, and, um, and a sense of, yeah. of life being, time being precious. Because with, yeah. and yeah. this is something yeah. Steve Jobs talked from Apple Computers, who practiced some form of Buddhism. I don't know how much he, pri- or held to it, I don't know how much he practiced it. But, but um, even in the midst of his own diagnosis, he said that death was a great element of life because it gave the opportunity for something new. Yeah, and it yeah. made life precious. Um, yeah, yeah, and and that's exactly. a little creep. Yeah, and you're right that there's there's some disturbing elements to that, but but there's some truth too. Like if if there, life would be very boring and the world would be very crowded if it wasn't for death. And death can be awful, but yeah. it also means um, new life as well for 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 yeah. future generations and new opportunities. There is no resurrection or new life or whatever without right. a kind of dying first. Yeah. 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 And, and it makes, it does make life sweet and precious knowing that it will not persist. So angels yeah. must be very bored because I guess they can't die. Yeah. They're just like, Unless Oh they God. Go. <laughs> because if they're all go masters and they, they get practice to play go, they could just play it for centuries, you know? Yeah. Great. Otherwise they're just like, Oh, another sunset. Boring. <laughs> I've seen eight thousand million of them. Uh, another Mozart concerto. So they should have um, heard the other guy. Unfortunately, uh, he wasn't yeah, published. Yeah. He was better, but stupid humans. You know, but what you're getting out there at the end, I think, is what I found especially interesting about this chapter was how how much faith traditions um, have arrived at the same conclusion um, as what positive psychology has found mm-hmm. as, as what, as what uh, McGonagall's games are trying to, to develop habits for, you know, um, um, you know, like the, the random acts of kindness. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just uh, what it kind of, a, in my view, kind of another way of just saying, you know, love your neighbors. Right. And, mm-hmm. and Hey, love your enemies too. I mean, that's, what's more random than loving an enemy, you know? Um, um, or this yeah, I think loving an enemy is harder because, a random stranger I can be nice to because it costs me very little. Right, right. But somebody, right. I mean, it t- takes a little effort and energy, but it, the the interaction's over. Yep. But yep. someone you don't like is much harder. Yep, yep. Because you have reasons think, to not do that. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think we also see it kind of, you know, just in the in the um, really ancient, uh, strong traditions of hospitality, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the ancient world and modern times, especially what we see in Islam and and just other faiths, um, thinking about death, you know, I, we've talked before that, you know, that's such a big tradition. You're, um, the book of Ecclesiastes, I think, you know, it's a lot about kind of living your life in the view of death, keeping that before you and then dancing more, you know, there, there are a lot of religious traditions that just, uh, talk about kind of this, this, um, this delight in the divine, you know, I think the book of Psalms is an example of that. Um, the Sufi tradition in Islam, you know, the mm-hmm. sense of just kind of dancing before da- the Lord. David dancing before the ark yeah, as described yeah, in yeah. First Kings say, or something. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Or Second um, Samuel. No, no, I'm just embarrassing myself with my inaccuracies. <laughs> well, Where's I, a Baptist when you need them? I can't, I can't remember the, the, I, the citation either, but I know, yes, David dancing before the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Um, on, a, on a personal note, you know, I think also what it reminded me of... Um, I um I tend to stress out about things and get anxious about things, and sometimes to if it's really severe, kind of the detriment of my health. And um and uh, this happened a couple times in high school, where I actually kind of ended up in the hospital just because I was so anxious oh, no. and stressed about things. And um, but what I remember was my doctor at the time said, Daniel, next time something you feel stressed about, just act silly, right? Just do something silly that's totally random. And, and what I took that was to mean was dancing and kind of from that moment on, just this random dancing has been kind of this big part of my life. Um, and, wow. and it's kind of been, and our family does it now. We just, we just kind of randomly break into, you know, random dance fests, um, 
at the around the house and and she's right you know it just i just feel so much happier just after some random dancing i should have listened to iCarly you know all along right iCarly gosh um, the human reality is so interesting and 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 the somehow using your body could break your you know, so your mind stuck in a way yeah, right your yeah, mind stuck yeah. on something and doing something so off the cuff with your body could then yeah, get yeah. your brain yeah to then shift gears is is amazing and interesting and and very cool so that's great life advice wow well, Jane McGonagall like, should put that in her book i i i can't take any credit for it, but th- yeah thanks to my doctor and to to mm-hmm. to, to McGonagall and Hmm. and faith traditions anyway mm-hmm. um and, and back to death the issue of death i try to bring this up occasionally with students at pfeiffer like they're worried about a paper yeah. or something mm-hmm. like when are you or even my own kids are we're going to be late for school like <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah people dying right now we're worried about this it's not gonna um, matter it's not gonna matter this is just a paper yeah yeah like, just write something and do your best do, do a good job and then um yeah move on yeah yeah Good advice. yeah it gives it so like you it, it, like what you were saying i, th- I think says the connection for me is is our minds get in a rut and we need something to to get us back into reality and perspective which is yeah. usually whatever we're worried about is totally not that important right now right. occasionally it could be like there is a bear coming at me Right. So wild brown bear coming at me, going to kill me. I should definitely be worried. Right. But that's right. never happened. So. Right. Most right. of my other worries were just stupid. Yeah. So T- just being late for something. So. A year from now, 10 years from now, what's it going to, what's it going to. Right. Matter? And so the yeah. cemetery reminds you of that. Like how much did those people stress over things right, that right. now in the scope of time, through the sands of time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's part of what we like about board games too. That can get epic like that. Like it has that co- epic feel. You know, like yeah, a D and D type casting for two thousand uh, years. Yeah, I mean, and the Bible will do that as well. You're, yeah, you're right. I mean, what, what I well, and also I think what I love about board games is when you play it, there's you can't help but think these thoughts of like. This really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, which in some right. weird way, like makes it really matter. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, you know, like um, it's you're intentionally engaging in behavior that nobody would say, oh, this is so serious. This matters so much. But in a weird way, it makes it matter more than all the other stuff. And I, in ways I right. can't quite explain. But No, you're right, because you get into a game and, and it's almost working that stress muscle. And so you're really stressed about it. But yes, yeah. it, it and you may even win and then later sort of have that sort of like, I won the game. Like you get to have that glow. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of it all, yeah, then you, you have to realize that you still have to make dinner. <laughs> right. I was, I was talking to a friend about this the other day about, you know, it kind of reminds me of the tradition of the Holy Fool. You know, a lot of faith traditions right, have this right. tradition of the Holy Fool. Um, you know, that um, um, Sufi and Sufism and Rumi and Islam and, and uh, St. Francis and, you know, in, in Christianity. I know Islam has. Say more about the Islam bit. I, I don't know about well, that. Well, and I, maybe I shouldn't have spoken about it, but, you know, the Sufi tradition and, and, and Rumi, I don't even know if they would apply the words holy fool, but there's this sense of just kind of the ecstatic embrace of the glory of life, you know, and and uh, um, and, and it does, you know, the, the Sufism, you know, is there's that tradition of associating is what gives us the whirling dervish, you know, mm-hmm, and in some mm-hmm. ways, and I, and I, I hope that term is still acceptable i think i think that's i think that's a okay term i apologize if it's not but you know in some ways this notion of somebody who's just spinning around for no good reason i mean what's more foolish than that wow i never thought of that as a weird kind of game but it's yeah yeah and 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 so this this tradition of the holy fool you know there's this kind of theological thinking around this idea of the holy fool Mm -hmm. that in some ways that is one of the most powerful witnesses we can offer to the forces of kind of oppresses oppression and 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 mm-hmm. and, and 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 weightiness and 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 uh, heaviness and sinfulness. We want to call it of the world. You know that that I mean the world says, 
you know, oh, this is so serious. This is so important. I am so serious. I'm so important. You know, all of these matters are so important. And if you engage it directly, you're going to get sucked into it, right? I mean, if you mm-hmm. gauge it directly, it's this whole thinking about um, dualistic versus non-dualistic thinking. You know, if, if you mm-hmm. engage dualistic thinking, it's either or right or wrong, you're going to become mm-hmm. dualistic yourself too. You, you can't help it. What you do is kind of like, you know, what Jesus did with the parables and like this. You offer kind of this, this, this indirect addressing of it um, by, by talking about things that seem foolish. And in some ways, I think that's what games can do in this overly serious, yeah. somber world. It's kind of this holy, f- holy foolish witness the game says, is I'm not going tool. to engage with the world in, in this way, but I am mm-hmm. engaging with it in more meaningful ways. So the game is the holy fool. Kind the of, game yeah, itself. Yeah. Well, <sighs> so interesting. No, I don't know. You, you're kind of blowing my mind and I've got to do some thinking and reading. And uh, cause I've, I've, I guess slightly familiar with the holy fool. I've heard of it in terms of therapy or therapist or pastoral work. I've heard it apply to Jesus or about in Shakespeare mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. some of the tragedies will have this fool character with the king. But mm-hmm. thinking of it as either a pro- and and the non dualistic, like you're in the moment. That that's fascinating. It reminds me. I read this book. And I read it because of a, it has a connection to a theologian named Baltazar that I've studied. And he wrote the foreword to a book called Meditations on the Tarot. And that's the tarot cards. Now, real important uh, asterisk around that. It's following, and this is uh, deep catalog in the, in the weeds here, but Carl Jung had this thing with the tarot cards. And he, they never used it for a form of telling the future. It's never divination. Hmm. It's about hmm. elements of the human psyche. So each card is almost like an archetype within ourselves. Oh, like and that's a, what this, like an ink blot, almost kind of like what you see in it, sort of for about yourself. It's more of modes of being. Okay, okay, okay. So, and interesting, the tarot cards have an element of that. Like, there's one about justice, and there's one about mercy, and there's one that is the magician, and mm-hmm. and that's the usual, the first one, and uh, so that book takes this weird Christian spiritual take on on uh, um, who's got Carl Jung and the tarot cards. But the point he makes is the first one is the magician. And the thing that's haunted me is that the way of practicing magic that it's advocating is seeing all of life as sort of effortless effort. Hmm. Like that you're able to do something, but it's effortless. So you might think of the, the professional ice skater that they make it look so easy. Mm. And what if all of life was that? Because it's like we weren't separated. Uh, what was the word you used? Um, it's kind of the Buddhist yeah. Asian type approach it, to the world. Yeah. So that effortless effort of the magician is doing that with their whole lives, which in a mm. way is life is it's sort of like the Quran verse life is a game and you want to play it well and take it seriously but it's also just a game mm-hmm. so what if you could live your life like the ice skater which is effortless effort Ooh, like, like may, that that would be the true magic that's what so in this he's not advocating spells etc right, right, right. they don't exist like that's all fiction but he's advocating a way of life that mm. makes the difficult seem easy Reminds Sorry, the, you got me totally in a... I um, love it. I love it. Reminds me of the old Indigo Girls song. The best thing you've ever done for me is to help me take my life less seriously. Yes, it's yes. It's only life after yes, all. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's only life after all. And that's coming back to some of this. Yeah. I yeah. guess we're talking self-help, religious spirituality, mm-hmm. but in the context, Jane McGonigal's got us thinking about how games are connected to some of these realities. Well, speaking of Jane McGonigal, should we... Uh, should we skip to to chapter 13 real quick? Yes, we're probably on time today? to get to it, but we should. I'm looking for that book. You've got me curious now. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So you keep talking. I'm going to go right. hunting. No, well, chapter 13 um, uh, is uh, a, a book about, a chapter about collaboration, collaboration um, superpowers. And this is what I found especially interesting about the chapter. Um Jane McGonigal says that all games are collaborative, even the ones that we think are competitive. 
um, and and I found that fascinating. You know, this this idea that um, being um, being a part of a competitive game means that all of the players have to have this collaborative sense ahead of time that, hey, we want to play a game together. Hey, we want to agree to the rules together. Hey, we're going to agree that this is a wi- this is what makes a winner. This is what makes the loser. Um, that, that even competition requires a prerequisite spirit of collaboration and that ultimately all games are, are built upon collaboration because of what's what she calls a sense of, of shared intentionality. And um, I loved that. I thought that was a really great insight. Uh, you know, sometimes one of the kind of spiritual uh, critiques of games is, oh, you know, it's just it's just causing us to become more and more competitive. It's just competitive. It rewards competition. And I can understand that. But but I, I think she offers a helpful corrective in this idea that even the competitive games are built upon a foundation of cooperation. You know, um, in other words, if a person agrees to be a part of a game and to play a game and to abide by its rules, they're already agreeing to a certain set of rules with you versus someone who says, I'm not playing that game. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be bound by these rules and walks away. You know, I don't know. Um, I just, I found that a really great insight um, that all games are ultimately uh, cooperative. And then she talks about that, for example, in, in the rise of cooperative video games. Again, McGonagall is especially focused on video games, um, but also on video games that are, that have cooperative content I think about things like Minecraft, right? Where people can upload mm-hmm. different Minecraft creations. I thought she would or, mention that and she didn't, but I thought of that yeah. as well. She mentioned Minecraft might have come to the fore after this book. I'm right. not sure, but yeah. And the classic board game is Pandemic for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. I think there were co-op games before that, but that was the one that continues to break the board game geek records and yeah, yeah, people yeah. commenting. Yeah. Were you able to find the book that you were looking for, Kevin? I did. I did. Tell and us about tr- the book that you found. It's this, oh, it's this moment of indulgence. But this is the book, Meditations on the Tarot. It was written by an anonymous guy, I think in Germany, but huh. they now have identified him. But he was okay. kind of a layman. But there it is. And it's afterward by Cardinal Hansers von Balthasar. That's why I found it to it. A Journey into Christian Hermeticism. You can see it's kind of bit defensive there's all these reviews on the back basically saying that the guy's not a heretic or crazy (laughs) right 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 right. but um here's what it says i love this bit page eight learn at first concentration without effort transform work into play make every yoke that you have accepted easy and every burden that you carry light and then it quotes Matthew eleven thirty that Jesus says, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." Concentration without effort—that's being mm. the magician. Mm. And there's something I don't know. It seems like that's a theme of what McGonagall's making us think about. Transform work into play. Yeah, transform work into play exactly. And again, this book has t- says nothing about predicting the future of tarot cards right, right, and tarot right, cards right. originally were playing cards i think they have or- yeah. origins with that and then later they kind of morphed into this future telling thing i wonder what the etymology is of tarot you know where the word tarot comes from it's okay i do it has because i looked it up at a point it has something to do with to trump i think okay okay like to take over tarot to, to maybe to take okay okay interesting interesting Huh. Uh, I'm probably that wrong. Maybe a future board game faith episode topic. That would be it's, fun. I would love yeah. it. But this is a crazy thick book. It took me years to get through it. Uh, yeah, it's very yeah. dense and nuts. I shouldn't say nuts. That's that's mean. But I mean, it is kind of nutty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so okay, chapter ever- thirteen was interesting. I didn't know about this Beijing Olympic Games. Um, no. It was interesting, but uh, I guess I wonder if it's a little dated at this point. Yeah, though I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. For for those of you who didn't read it, the idea is that um, to help develop a spirit of collaboration for people around the world around uh, the time of the 2008 Beijing Game Olympic Games, uh, McGonagall developed this this game 
this this podcast was part of Elving's podcast about the lost ring. Uh, apparently, uh, the, kind of the mythology was this was a sport that used to be played uh, in the ancient Olympics, but now it's been lost to history. But it was all few, fiction, correct? Yeah, it was yeah. All and, and but there are a few clues to what it was, and the listeners worked together to try to reconstruct the rules. I love and, that. And to remake the game, and they started playing the game. And she kind of talked about this as a sense of nurturing a spirit of collaboration around the Olympics for people around the world, not just watching it all together, mm-hmm. you know, but being involved in a way. What I found interesting about it was she said it used an example of, the, of a technique called the chaotic story, which is, you know, where you take a story and you break it up into a thousand pieces, she said, and then people try to reconstruct the story from the thousand pieces. Um, and that got me thinking about a couple things. One, are there board games that do that? And uh-huh. two, uh, I, I guess it got me thinking about the faith faith traditions too. You know, in a lot of ways, I think that's what a lot of faith traditions try to do. We we try to piece together chaotic stories. I mean, I realize there are different yes. ways of understanding the Bible or the Quran or um, and or or the the Torah. So I'm, I'm not trying to step on anybody's ways of understanding. I guess I'm talking about my own understanding as a Christian, as looking at the Christian Bible. You know, as I understand it, you know, there are a lot, you know, all these different voices about their experience of God. And in some ways, the Bible is trying, is kind of this attempt to kind of bring together this chaotic story of this person's experience of God and this person's Mm -hmm. experience of God and trying to knit it together into something cohesive and whole. Except Um, I would argue the Bible in some ways fails because mm. the chaos remains. So we have yeah. these different patchworks of authors yeah, right. and origins and titles for God. And so really the church then has to knit that into something that is uh, collaborative, but also, for example, I agree. the Lord's Supper, com- Holy Communion, while it's attested in the Bible, it never tells us how to actually, what are the nuts and bolts of doing that? Yeah, yeah. And so faith traditions have different styles of whether it's, taken while you're kneeling or standing up and the deacons pass it out or it's a pastor or uh, so we have different answers to how do we do this thing that the bible cunningly just says do this in remembrance of me but i'm not going to tell you how to do it yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and it's and islam as i understand it uh, and my my knowledge is scant i don't think the five pillars are themselves in the quran is that right? Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, you know, if I'm wrong, forgive me. That was um, a uh, unintentional omission there, but I think I'm correct. And and so Islam too is taking the Quran and saying, how do we live this out? And we live this out through the five pillars. Right. Right. And I, I think I think, heard, she, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I agree. And I think I've heard that there's there's a there's a kind of. Um, an accompanying body of ancient tradition in Islam, and I forget the name of it, but as there is in Judaism, that you know that accompanies the holy book. Mm-hmm. It's not seen on the same level as the holy book. And I apologize, the, the hadith, I, I forget the name of it. The hadith, the hadith that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sayings um, of the prophet, I think, and, and maybe what is early it in Judaism. The Mishnah. Um, the Mishnah. That might be on this. It's not. Yeah, yeah. I may be wrong. Okay. But but you're right. Those are those are you could see those as ways to live out the original higher level teachings, which would be the Quran or the Torah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. Anyway. Our Methodist, the Book of Discipline. It's it's a very exciting, <laughs> sexy read. It's a hot read. I, I would. <laughs> Bless the book of discipline, but I would not. I would not put that on any kind of oh god um, theological, scriptural level. But yeah, no. I'm, I'm with, so, <laughs> do you think? Are there? And uh, Kevin, I'm interested, especially because I know how much you love narrative-driven board games. Do you think? Uh, how much do you think this idea of the chaotic story as a mechanism? has translated into board games that you have played. It, we're trying to piece together a story that's been broken into a thousand pieces. You know, I, think it, I think it really depends on the game. So Twilight Imperium is a game that I dearly love, and that is invited. So in that game, people have written, I think, fan fiction and developed ideas about who these groups are and how they came to be, and you might even dress up to play it. Mm-hmm. So a game like that with with very different characters. Yeah, yeah. I can see. But a game like chess or something, it's quite you're not invited to create a narrative. Yeah, correct? Yeah. 
Uh, it's pretty much playing. I guess you do create a narrative outside the game, which is, oh, remember you beat me last time, but I'm going to beat you and you beat me on turn five. So you are kind of creating a narrative of the play. Right, right. As you recount it, what happened? As you recount it yeah. and as it's in your memories of, oh, I remember the time we played in um, outside in the park and that was such a great game. So yeah. maybe, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I, I think... I think that makes sense. I the only games that came to my mind were games like like Seventh Continent or Destinies, where you know there's kind of these little pieces of a story scattered on different cards, you know. And right. as you reveal these different cards, you're, I mean, but it's still a single author to that. You know, it's not it's not that um, you're not we're not collaborating. We're not invited to well right. Yeah, we're not invited to, to collaborate on the the narrative itself. Yeah, yeah. The the pur- purest version of that is D anD D, where a yeah, yeah. dungeon Maybe master can plan things out, but it really is a, a collaborative effort of what the what the characters want to do. So, a good dungeon master should never tell you no when you want to mm-hmm. do something. What they want to do is say yes, but, and then this is what might happen or this is how it, and so the DM's got to bring it back to hopefully the main narrative, but you always want to empower the players. Yeah. So if you go, go in and say, well, you can't do that. Well, that's not any fun. So if a player wants to climb the tree and set the top on fire, then you figure out a way to roll for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. It It reminds me, you know, I've, I've been since we begin our episodes with improv so much, I've been trying to learn a little bit about improv, which I, I still, I, obviously as our listeners heard, I've got so much more to learn on that, but, um, but you know, that's like the first rule of improv is you never say no. Right. You, you oh, say, I didn't know that. you say, huh. yeah, you say yes. And yes. You know, and so, yes. So if your partner says something, you say, yeah. And, and this, da, 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 right? da, you know, so you never, you never shut down. You never yeah, shut you down. Was, so just like so, a, playing D anD D in a way, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. And it is collaborative between what the dungeon master has planned, what the players do, and then the dice, which no one knows how the roles are going to go. So that right. also is a weird way creating meaning and collaboration is is luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Gosh. Well, this makes me want to play some games. Yeah, and, and one last thing Jane McGonigal says, I love this on yeah. this chapter, is GG, good game. And she's right. There's mm. this sense that you thank mm. the others for participating in what was a good game, which required that. their time and their attention and hopefully their their desire to win. Right, right, right. Because otherwise it's kind of a pointless exercise. Right, right. Their there has to be a win to... condition. Their win- willingness to play and to play as well as they can. Right, right. To collaborate in the mm-hmm. in this gaming endeavor, to be right. a part of it, uh, you right. know, whether they won or lost. <sighs> yeah, I love that. GG. Well, GG. Kevin GP, GG. good podcast. Man, um, B-B-A-Y, back, back at you. <laughs> Bay. Oh, next week, next week, or next next week, next episode, two weeks. Dos semanas. Yes. Well, actually, we are. I think we're going to be taking our very first break, aren't we? We are, Kevin. Yeah. So here in the United States, in a couple weeks, in our part of the world, it's a holiday. um, In a couple weeks, so we're actually going to be taking a a break next time. Mm -hmm. But we'll be back again after that. Um, our newsletters will keep coming out and, um, and, but when our next episode does drop, uh, again, as the cool people say, um, we have the return, our very first returning guest, Kevin, would you like to tell, share that? Yes, Ali Karar, a friend of the podcast and our first guest, uh, will talk a bit about. View, well, we'll follow up on some other things we discussed, and we're going to discuss representation, representation games, but also the interesting topic of how Islam views Jesus, because uh, that's sort of a touchstone between two of the world's great religions and two Abrahamic religions, because Islam has a place for Jesus, but it's different than the Christian point of view. And uh, that'll be an interesting conversation to hear and learn and discuss. So I know some of it, but I've never discussed it with a Muslim. And so that will be interesting. So Ali Karar is a practicing Muslim 
from Pakistan, right? But lives in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And a board game reviewer. With board Laura, game Laura, reviewer. President, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Karar2K yep. was yep. his handle on YouTube and things. And and he has great taste in games. So yeah. someday, yeah. hopefully, I will game with him in real life. That would be awesome. Yes. That would be awesome. Yes. Well, most of all, we want to say thank you to you, our listeners, for listening. Thank you so much for uh um, and I can't say tuning in. Thanks so much for pressing that button <laughs> on your screen. Uh, to, we appreciate that so much. Please know that you you um, uh, you are a, a really important part of this Board Game Faith community, and it is a real gift that you gave a part of your day to listen. That's to right. Yeah. You matter um, to this community, and we hope to hear from you. Um, Kevin, let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, let us know what you're playing and what you're thinking about the episode, the material, or if you've read Kate McGonigal, uh, reach out to us so that we our our lives uh, we get a little we get some nice feedback. So you can contact us through email, which is info at boardgamefaith.com, or Instagram boardgamefaith, or Patreon. You can uh, throw us a couple of bucks uh, as a hat tip to us and that's board game faith and we have discord which is board game faith and we have a newsletter which is board game faith dot uh, uh, uh button down yeah button down dot, dot email slash think. button actually yeah. if you just go to our link tree our link, link tree, tree is, is in our which strangely and... is daniel is awesome <laughs> <laughs> what what, what? <laughs> who who changed it who changed lies it? lies no, um, uh, yeah, no, however you connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. And we thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Yes, that's right. Take care, everybody. Good game, Kevin. Good game. GG. GP. Okay.